What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back at it again with the Four Mandalore podcast. And have we got an episode going on this week, guys? Crazy stuff happening in the tragedy newest episode of The Mandalorian. I am blessed as always to be here with my boys T Bob and the jetpack Don Jesse himself. Gentlemen, what's happening? Uh, what's going on? Look, let's just address this up front. All three of us are LSU fans. There's been really bad LSU news tonight on the football front. Um, we're in our feelings, but we are going to break down an incredible episode of The Mandalorian nonetheless. Jetpack down, yeah. how you feeling tonight? I think uh, this is so meta now. The title of the episode is is The Purge. We've got people entering the transfer portal. No, 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 no. It's like the it. tragedy, even worse. The tragedy. Man, yeah. it's the freaking tragedy and the transfer portal. Yeah. Purdle? Purdle. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, and, and I, as we'll I'm discuss. I good about the episode. I thought it was awesome. Well, the episode was great, but it was tragic. Um, yeah, so Nick, let's dive in. Guys, uh, I think the best place to start on this one is talking about what it's like to have Tamara Morrison back in live action Star Wars because hearing that guy talk brought me straight back to 2005 playing Battlefront 2 campaign that was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um he was he he was amazing. Um I mean that is this episode this is the return of Boba Fett uh for so many people that are my age, Jesse's age, older than me, whatever. So many people who grew up loving Boba Fett, loving that his toys, his look, his entire design. There was always this huge disconnect between who Boba Fett was in your mind and who he was on the screen. Because honestly, he has some of the worst on-screen performances ever in the original trilogy. And you got so you got yeah. some cool stuff out of Django Fett in the prequels, but it still wasn't Boba. And so to now see him and what he did this episode, it felt like the fulfillment, quite literally, of a lifetime's journey. I have my original Boba Fett toy from the nineties, not the seventies, obviously, but when I grew up in the nineties, I still have it in my closet to this day, staring at me. I don't even know why I just put it in there one day and it's just stayed in there. Uh, but it's just that, that design, that armor, everything. And now you're finally seeing it all honored on the live screen. And you're right, Nick. I love the fact what's the actor's name. Tamara Morrison. I love the fact that, it's also like it, it's it's such an inter, it's such a interesting time to be alive in terms of Star Wars as a mythology because we've seen this play out where this character was created in the 70s. He was then fleshed out and given an origin in the early 2000s in the prequels. Um, and then the actor who was Jango Fett, we learned that Boba Fett's actually a clone of that man. Uh, and now, so here that actor is at the perfect age to then play old Boba Fett. And so like that, that lined up in real life, like from the time I was, you know, not even born in the eighties to then a kid in the nineties and two thousands. And now to a 31 year adult of two kids, that is such a fascinating thing to see. And so from a meta standpoint, 
I found this whole episode to be incredibly fulfilling for all of that Boba Fett fantasy. I agree. I mean, we, we finally got to see Boba have the action scenes that he never really had, but always deserved. Jesse, I'm interested to see what you think about this topic. <clears throat> I thought that following the the Jedi episode, Ahsoka, who just was an ultimate reveal, you know, you think that they peak and then they have to throw another punch. And I think it's the flexibility of them to be able to do these 30 minute that there's no time constraint. They can do a 30 minute episode. They can do an hour episode. They may even go over an hour, but for them to, they brought that overhand right with Boba Fett and they revealed him. They did it early in the episode so you got him you got the slave one flying in i mean that shot so dude cool. that shot um so good. spoke to me in so many different ways first off i love the slave one i'm with you jesse uh, i've also like flown it plenty in the x-wing miniatures game so i just feel like i know that ship uh but 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 you know what else it did it's that great wild west medieval sort of feeling where there is nobody to call right there's no police there's no nothing like that and all of a sudden somebody just shows up on the scene and and yeah, you know instead of being like a badass rider on a horse it's like the, the, this spaceship amando has no idea who this is he's in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden this spaceship shows up yeah and what they're doing there is setting up that whole ultimate vulnerability right that you're you're completely vulnerable out here. And yes. that, and what that does in storytelling and what they're doing a good job of with Martha Gideon character is create despair, yep. right? Like where hope is lost. What are you going to do? Uh, and I thought this episode in that regard, cause it was quick. And when they're quick like this, you don't need any of the fluff. I mean, it gets right into it. And I want to say there was a shot in the, and Gorenson nailed this too. There's an upward angle shot of Boba Fett with kind of the sun gleaning mm. off of his back, and he's looking down. It's the first shot you get of him in his armor, and Gordonson hits some badass note, and he, he looks completely badass. I mean, he is everything you wanted him to be. He has found some sort of sense of honor. He's been reborn. He he looked, you know, it's it's one thing to. You have to age the look, right? It's not just the actor. You've got to age the look of the suit. Yeah. And he's got the robe on, and he's obviously become a master. It's just how he carries artist. himself, too. And we've already seen his martial arts at that point, but it's his stance. He just stands like a predator, like a tank almost, kind of arms wide. And, you know those stories, over those fantasy stories where you've got your lost weapon or you've got yes. your lost oh, absolutely. armor and you finally get it in, the pl in your hole again. You know, Aragorn finally gets the sword and he's, you know, it's like they were back and he was back together and he was like, let me show you a young bull how to work this armor because well, he and, was so good. Dude, and think about, I mean, think about the upgrade that we saw to Boba equipment-wise, right? Um, he started scheme. the episode with a sand people sniper and not bow staff. What did you call it earlier, Nick and Tex? Uh, it's kind of like, uh, it, it's resembling a gaffy stick yes. of the sand people. Yes, variety. it is. It's a, it's a sand people gaffy stick for sure. Cause that's also a sand people rifle and he's been on Tatooine and he, if he learned to survive them, you know, he's obviously adopted a lot of their ways to survive, especially coming out of the Sarlacc. So right. to watch him with these very primitive weapons and how effective he was, was already incredibly impressive. I mean, this motherfucker is strong y'all. 
Yeah, Dude, the, the weight behind those Gabby oh. hits is unreal. Like you, you feel it in your chest when he hits these dudes, and the and the plastic of the armor goes flying, oh. bro. Like that, and the sound effect, oh. sound effect is so special in those moments too. You got to hear that crack, baby. Just when getting this Tarantino esque like massacre no? of stormtroopers you, is you, so like. Yeah, let's you go mentioned there. Tarantino. I mean, but, yeah. I mean, nailed it. Rodriguez comes in off the bench, get him out the bullpen for the last minute episode and just says let me show you i'm gonna do you a quick 30 minute and i'm gonna i'm gonna canonize a legend i mean how much fun is that for robert rodriguez are you kidding me dude? oh my god <laughs> yeah. you get to come and direct yeah. the return of boba fett are you kidding me he was and probably boba, beside and himself baby, uh, Gro- and grogu and you get grogu too who yeah. those puppet operators let's give them their due they have gotten incredible bu- incredible incredible grogu's a real character I mean, I don't even question oh, it. It's God. so much better than if it was done digitally. It is and I think, truly I magical, think all this, practical effects. And I, yeah, ex- I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's both of the things we just talked about are perfect examples of why I'm so happy that all of these moments are being done through a series. I, I am yeah. very, very happy that the series is the format that they're choosing. It's, it's yeah. It's, Dude, it's let me tell you, argument. I've got a question for both of you because I've got a really close friend of mine who's just like us. He's all into it, watches it. But he has he's gonna binge this thing. And I'm wondering like what's that experience gonna be like? He's gonna be on a uh interest binging this. I, I, I may binge these one day, but I would wonder what that would be like watching because these episodes are just so electric. They come with so much weight every week. You know, I don't know I love really better. I, I love riding the wave of the momentum every week that each episode creates. I think it's an experience that you're not gonna be able to replicate at any point in time in the future. Um, you can only experience this series the way you can experience it now in the present moment. I don't think and there's, there's no theories. There's no guessing what's going to no, happen. No. There's none of that stuff. You just get it and all. I think all, all that makes the payoff that you get in the episodes a lot more effective, I think. Hey, Bob, you had a good uh, message on payoffs this weekend to a rowdy Bama fan taking a victory lap. <laughs> well, I did say total economic collapse there, and that seems to be where – LSU may be heading, <laughs> but, uh, but no, look, I, the razor I, crest of the, <laughs> of, of the SEC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to the razor crest. Um, well, okay. Hold on. Oh, I, 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 I had, I had a, co- okay. I'll just go here. Even though I had someone wanted to say, and I forgot it. Um, so when I was talking about both heads, so first we see him and we see him with the gaffy stick. We see him with, uh, the, the Sam Buell sniper rifle. He's completely badass. Um, What's his name? Uh, uh, Tamara. Tamara's freaking face and and just demeanor and voice and eyes. I mean, the intensity that he is flashing in his voice is just a true warrior. So to see him go from these primitive weapons to then what Jesse's talking about, that, that shot where he has his armor back on, and in that intensity before you can see how badly he wants that armor back, all of a sudden, though, yeah. you've now given this guy, like Jesse said, uh, Andrew, you've given him his legendary weapons, and what a weapon it is, dude. He is quite literally a walking tank. What all did we see? We saw a wrist-mounted double blaster that is super badass, uh, apparently a really powerful pistol, like a magnum almost. Um, Knee rockets. Knee rockets, which are controlled through movement, kind of like Mando's wrist rockets. Um, Yes, the super punch Iron Man fist, which is fucking awesome. And then, of course, uh, of course, the jetpack mounted missile, 
which he fires at the end. I mean, this dude has so many different ways to kill you. And he's got this awesome kind of like, like rock bender, like very like severe style where everything is very like calm and forceful and exact. It's not a very flowing fight style, but it's very powerful and kind of like rooted in the earth. Like that last kill that he hits where he just kind of like, like crosses up his forearms like a beast and shoots that dude running away. I mean, he is. I think it's just as it's, it's just as mass it's just as masterful to watch as anyone with like a very graceful fighting style. Just yes. seeing it in practice I agree. is so gratifying to just absorb. You just want to sit and you just want to absorb every every single motion he does. Yeah, his blows count, baby. When he lands a punch, you, they, they feel it, you know. It's yeah. It, it, you don't you don't want if you get hit by him one time you're done well and we keep I mean, going back cracking to, skulls I, I keep talking about the costume design and how it affects the characters you know how like ahsoka's look gave her like that lithe kind of like sinuous kind of smooth kind of look uh everything about boba looks squat and tanky almost dwarf like just like how in the hell are you going to get through this guy he is just pure power and then like mando is no somewhere in between to so the costume i mean all of it all of it is just absolutely well, and, fantastic and how much Din pressure Din was Jaren. on them and they nailed it sorry go ahead jesse yeah no it's okay Din Jaren, when he first sees him he asks him you jedi and he looks like a jedi yeah. when he first yeah. meets him he's got the hood <laughs> draped he's got that staff that wizard that traveling wizard look uh, and so he, they really did nail it, and they took his eyebrows. There's bald. He's scarred. He's a man. Sarlacc like Pit was not kind to him, dude. No, no, no. no. And he's no. had a resurrection. I mean, he's had a reflection, a moment. He's found some honor somewhere. I mean, he makes this. You know, he bends the knee or sends his allegiance to uh, Din Djarin at the end. You know, as they form their little suicide squad. That was a strong move. That was a strong character move there, bro. Do you think he's a, he's a he 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 is I, I wonder kind of what his philosophy is, right? Cause he's not necessarily Mandalorian, though we did figure out that Django is a foundling. Yeah, big yeah. reveal there. Yeah. Big, big reveal. reveal. So Django, we've That's always wondered time. that. We've always wondered that. Django is an official Mandalorian. And I wonder if maybe that's just the code that Django instilled Boba with, because he obviously has the same intense code of honor that we actually found Mando with originally. And we discussed right. a lot in season one. That's kind of fallen by the wayside as Mando's become you know, more just in love thinking, with Grogu. I'm thinking maybe he, I got a sense that he, when he saw the empire, he said he's back and, and maybe he, he came to a conclusion that he was on the wrong side, right? Like he did not he seem happy to see the empire at all. He was yeah, like, no, he was the a fuck, dog. I mean, he, where was his honor there? Where was his creed? You know, and I thought um, that was a really effective sequence. Um, something that me and Nick talked a lot about in season one was kind of this whole series is so fascinating because it was a look into post empire Star Wars, which is like rarely uh, explored by us. And so to hear how shocked Boba Fett was to see that ship. And also how quickly the Empire got out of there. Like, not sticking around because they have the numbers being like, no, we got to stay on the run. But to hear how shocked yeah. Boba Fett was, to hear how surprised people are, to hear that 
they're like, no, the outer, uh, the galaxy or outer rim is controlled by the new Republic. Right. Like for sure. Right. Like I, I thought that really reinforced the kind of dire straits that the empire or, or the first order are currently in. And the despair element, the quick leaving, just let, let they yes, just took exactly. it off the table. You're not getting Grogu. Right. Took it right off the table. It's very on um, un, un Star Wars where you normally see a lot of attempts and or abilities to 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 yeah, get into a long drawn out fight. Dark troopers didn't fuck around, dude. They were hyper efficient. Boom, boom. Yeah. Later, it's it's something you don't really see as often. I and think. they looked awesome. That red eyes with the black armor, and, and they looked incredible. Oh, it's sick. It's so sick. And I, I I'm wondering if they are best car laden because I feel like that is something I've heard somewhere. Uh, kind of loose, loose sourcing What's there. I know, but I, I, I have a feeling that, yeah, I feel like the dark troopers, the uh, armor of the dark trooper, oh, is made of best car, dude. Of I course it is. What do you mean? Of course it is. Who has all the best car? The fucking empire, yeah, empire. after yeah. the rape of Mandalore. That's literally yeah. what uh, our our old our, our uh, Werner Herzog pays Mando with in season one. Have we gotten? Like word that it is no, on the I'm, dark no, troopers, I'm or is saying, it just like heavily assumed? I'm saying that just makes too much sense to me. The, I'm, I mean, I just heard it for the first time, so I don't know. Is that what it is in Kotor, or is that what it is in other lore? You're saying uh, the dark troopers in lore prior to this were, as far as I know, my only experience with them was in Battlefront One OG um, when they were actual stormtroopers, just in different armor. But I have a feeling that they're going to take this in a much cooler angle. But I, I have a feeling that they're made of Beskar. Like that's that that would make too much sense. If you're a Jedi, how do like you a, fight? How do you fight a Beskar robot if you're a Jedi? That's the thing. Like I, I have a feeling like it's way too, way too the good of a how, how do you how up. do you kill a Beskar droid with any weapon? I mean, that spear didn't have EMP, a scratch maybe? on it. That spear didn't have a scratch on it, and the razor crest no. got demolished. Sabine Wren's got a tool. Does Sabine you know, Wren destroy got, Beskar ever? I mean, in canon, yeah, she fries the. Uh, she's got that weapon that oh, she made that fries yes. them from the inside. That she designed. That it was they her destroyed, great, right? It was her great tragedy. Yeah, her great shame. Uh, her greatest shame. Uh, dude, we got a we got a dark saber showing. We got a lot of cool stuff in the episode. I have the, even, uh, okay, yeah, okay. We need a well. We'll move on from the dark trooper or best car, but that blew my mind. What were you saying, Jesse? I said we've got so many cool things. We got the beacon. When I wanted to point out, when I was talking about the way they they really kind of mastered the puppeteering of of baby Grogu, you know, he's leaning with Mando as he's banking in yeah. to land the ship. He's his ears are flapping when they're when they're flying on a jetpack. He's hitting the freaking Namaste yoga pose when yeah. he's on the uh, the seeing stone, which basically turns out that it's just a large beacon straight to freaking Luke Skywalker's heart. Gotta be, <laughs> dude. Gotta <laughs> fucking yeah. be. Yeah, dude, we're, we're, we're gonna see someone. We're gonna see someone groundbreaking, resulting from that. From that, beacon I mean, Ezra would be very interesting but it feels like a real jump well i don't know Man, they did a so and you got right, cara like, dune in there she's definitely gonna have some 
some feelings of I've got to alert the new Republic. There's some heavy shit going on. Oh, yeah. um, you just had this freaking force beacon go just rocket shot through the universe. I didn't even think about that. Care Dune is some perfect connective tissue that traces right back to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yes. that's the thing. I, I feel like her connection, like, because she, she still has that medallion after that pilot dropped it off. So she obviously. I mean, oh, no, she joined up. She joined now. up. She ended I, up joining up, right? I mean, isn't that it, what they is, is that Is that the impression I, that you got? That, from it? That's, what, that's what I understood is that she is an official marshal of oh, the yeah, New she's Republic in. now. Yeah, she's, she's been working in. it. She's, she's okay. a representative of them. She's got the badge. The badge even said, gave me some Luke vibes. Grogu and uh, Esposito gave me some Vader Leia vibes. Gro- the, uh, I mean, Esposito, Moff Gideon is, they so are Vader. really driving home the Vader similarities. The cape, yeah. the heavy booted fall, like footfall. Um, he's got like buttons on his chest randomly. <laughs> like that looks like, like exactly like, like very Vader like. Yeah. That, that Jesse, I, I find it really interesting that you say it's a Vader Leia comp. Because I have a feeling that Baby Yoda was was kind of not not as light side aligned as Leia was. Like that's that that's the vibe oh, I got. No, from that dude, scene. I'm ready to make him a Sith Lord any day now. I'm with you, but just the the uh, the situation, the the way he's seated in that in the in the cell, the way yeah. Vader enters, the way Moff Gideon enters, the hits him with the stun gun, the same kind of way. No, that's a good uh, comp. That's that, that's actually. I mean, in my mind, no, it was it was definitely vibes like that, like the original trilogy. But in my mind, I hope they do away with this sort of strict duality of light and dark, right? I mean, Ahsoka well, is the middle; headed. she that's is the Bindu, headed. exactly, right? Well, so, well, like, I I I hope that Baby Yoda becomes like Ahsoka, like somewhere in the middle. Well, T, here's what I got. Like, I I think that it wasn't a light dark dynamic though i thought it was a dark dark dynamic to me at least oh yeah he was pissed bro he was angry he's he tossing was scared, stormtroopers around and he dude. was he was cracking heads dude uh, jesse tried to kill those he, stormtroopers dude he tried to tell me and nick both that they definitely died had me rewatch no, the scene like, multiple times to see if they got up and walked away well I, they really I, need to go back and retcon those I, guys out of there i think in jesse's <laughs> mind's eye he wanted grogu to kill so badly that he just saw them with their neck snapped and didn't even see them walk away. Oh, and the dark saber was calling to him. It was reaching, it was whispering to him to take take the hilt. And 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 Esposito's just taunting him right in front of his great taunter with the dark saber. But back to what I was saying about Luke Skywalker. I mean, part of me just in this this united this unity of the clans, the fan clans that we talk about. The and the largest one being the you know the super superhero Luke fans. To, to I would just love to see Luke Skywalker come in in some kind of way. Now yeah. I'm just ready for it. So I'm ready you, for do you it. think? Do you think it needs to be more than a name mentioned? Because I've been thinking that Are we you, get a name no, mentioned. For me, for like this is a, I'm over the top as you know, T, and I like it big and and and, and, and you know shoot for the stars, land on the moon kind of guy. But I would. If there's anyone that can sense a disturbance in the force of this magnitude at this timeline in this saga, it's Luke Skywalker, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Yes. So, oh, wait, no. So this is a conversation that we actually had on the phone I would like the to other see day. Luke is Skywalker like Skywalker let them rescue Burr 
and let him be part of the plan. Let him, let them get him, let him go. Master Luke's not like in a new way, you know, but I don't know if they would ever do that, but I feel like Luke's coming. Well, it's like, um, okay, well, let's, let's kind of logically think through this, right? So Grogu hits the namaste, which by the way, you talked about the, the, the puppeteering earlier. Um, you know, what I find fascinating is, you know, so they enter season one and they weren't even sure if they want to do puppet or digital, right? They knew yeah. they were doing puppet this season. And so the right. money that they point. have put in to develop that puppet and all the different things they can get him to do. Like we said, we see him free walking in scenes or this year, like they've done a really good job of um, investing in those effects and it just works perfectly. Now we see him hitting the namaste. The beacon is lit. Fucking crazy beacon, dude. And he is like in it. Dude, that's straight out of Marvel Avengers to oh, that effect. Dude. I've seen that somewhere before. And he is and he so is good. having he is having I don't know if it's a conversation in the way that we think of a conversation, but he's there for a while. He's doing something, right? The, so, the force is flowing through him for sure. He's a conduit. It's some kind of magnet force, you know. No, exactly, right? So who out there? would respond and and remember right. back to ahsoka's face when she tells them that and they fly off and she's walking away it looked like a face to me that said like like i want to see where this goes or like i wonder if this works or like this will work right she is gandalf kind of moving the pieces here so who could have heard it ahsoka could have heard it but we don't think it's her right um ezra bridger could have heard it and I think he's very, very, he's probably the leading candidate because of the Thrawn connection as well, potentially. But I mean, who's the only other person that could have heard it? Maybe not only like Mace Windu could be alive, I guess. We kind of discussed. Obi-Wan. But like, uh, oh, oh. No, 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 no. I have my timelines messed up. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, no, no. But that's why we're talking through this. That's why we're talking through this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm my uh, post episode three mindset. Cal Kestis is technically out there, right? From Jedi Fallen Order, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he is. But I mean, and his it, it, did his uh, companion die? Um, the lady, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. She cut herself off from the Force, though, didn't she? Or we talking about? Yeah. Anyway, I don't think that that's not going to be the big reveal. They're not going to be somebody from Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I, I think they will maybe do at some point, but not like in this reveal. So, like to me. It feels like if that's direction it goes, that it was calling to someone, it has to be Ezra Luke. I don't know who else it would be. I mean, Luke's got to gotta sense it. What do you, do you think? Do you really get a Luke reveal this early into the into the series, though? No, do I don't think you. I don't know if you can. I mean, it's such a heavy play. Coward. I'm just. But then again, they don't so... speed stuff up. They don't speed stuff up. No, they haven't. But if you've got him coming in, you can maybe get his voice. Um, you know, maybe something of that nature. I mean, that's why I keep thinking maybe you get a oh, name they did, reveal. They did young C. They did young CGI him in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, this show ain't doing young CGI. I don't think. I at know. Least. I don't. Think I don't think least. he can. I think that would be, I think this show knows that it's bread and butter is practical effects with special effects on the edges. Um, unless, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they would go that route. Uh, so, okay. We, we could, Ezra's we could the best Ezra's the, if you're, if you're making setting odds on this, Ezra's the favorite. I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah. I, agree. yeah, I would agree. And then that. Luke, 
I don't think I don't think I have a stronger case for anyone other than Luke. Uh, and then the odds are to drop off. So we'll see. We'll see where that uh, where that ends up going. Um, I can't believe I said Obi Wan. You know what I love? <laughs> there, but look, there's you got to remember there's Aventuses out there. There's some other Force users. Some other. So that's what I'm saying. Know, Who folks. are we missing? Or is there anybody else that we're not thinking Ventress, of? Ventress, some Night Sisters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, nice sisters. But again, none folks, of it, but none of it, to, none of it makes sense to me, and it just none of it would hit know, with the some impact. Some people say that the magistrate was a night sister. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that. Uh, They're going to make an appearance at some point. Yeah, with Floney loves the night sisters. Um, They're okay. all over Clone Wars. Okay, because we're getting pretty, pretty theoretical here. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. And, and that was, and that was great because I do think this is where it's going. And it's, and, and as we know, as Jesse pointed out, the jetpack Don last season, Filoni loves a two-parter to end a year, or to oh, end yeah. a season, and it's always epic. So I fully expect an epic two-parter that will have some of those answers. Other stuff in this episode that y'all loved. I have a bunch of things. I can jump from anywhere, but does anybody have anything that they really want to discuss? The uh, In the addition of Nothing is Filler, uh, yeah. we have the return of... I have the name written What's down. What's name? Assassin Chick? Yes. Jesse Jetpack Don, do you know her name? Min- I know the actress's name. Let me see. Well, as you're looking it up, I will say this. Exactly. There is no filler. She, we thought she was dead. She has robotic... Fennec in, Shand. What is it? Fennec Shand? Fennec Shand, yes. It was lost in my notes. So, Fennec Shand is back. Um, she has robotic intestines, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if we've seen that. Maybe Maul? I mean, he has a full robotic lower half. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it was a character that I was like so in love with. I'm like, oh, Fiddick Shane is back. Hell yeah. But it does, like you said, Nick, it reinforces that nothing is filler in this, that everything ties in. It confirms yeah. that the boot that we saw in season one was indeed the boot of Boba Fett and Finnick Chan did shine in some action scenes. Uh, her jumping off and spinning in the air yeah, and shooting the yeah, assault rifle was pretty tight. She had like uh, throwing her helmet at someone and then like getting someone on the next shot. I love that. My favorite part of that too is that of this episode, when it comes to Finnick Chan and Boba, I just love this little team that he's creating Yeah, this little, you know, uh, seven, seven members or something, you know, this kind of uh, magnificent seven team. Uh, we've got the sniper, you know, bounty okay. hunter. Okay, so who all, we got Fennec Shan, we got Boba, we got Mando. Who else is joining the squad? Cara Dune. rescue Grogu. Cara, Cara Dune's on board. That's right. Who else? And you're going to get this Bob, uh, Bill Burr character. That's right, Bill Burr. They're going to rescue Bill Burr. We hadn't even talked about that. Holy shit. Okay, so that's five. Bo-Katan? I mean, it's got to be Bo-Katan, right? They have a common goal. Moff Gideon, the Darksaber. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they have to they have to be Her, in the gang. Um, I mean, Ahsoka could have show up. So Okay, uh, so that's really what I'm getting at here. Because up to then, I think Bo-Katan and her homies... Mando and and maybe actually you know what maybe Bo-Katan pulls like a Gandalf like riding in with an army thing since you would think she has more than just those two people following her we'll have to see 
But I do think Kara like what happened in uh season one with uh when he was trying to get out of Navarro yes, and like the yes. whole clan. Exactly. So you got Kara, yeah. you got uh, uh they're gonna go get Bill Burr. Um everybody we just said, do you think Ahsoka comes back this season? I really I don't, I don't think so. Too. Yeah, I want her to as well. I don't think it's gonna happen. No, I I don't know either, but man, it would be friggin' awesome. It'd be um, real tight if Ahsoka and Thrawn but, but showed the, up in the but, last but episode. But she's not she's not the one that's gonna save Grogu. I mean, we are gonna have uh Din Djarin just got his freaking entire existence obliterated by Moff Gideon. The only thing left, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, is the legendary spear. Din Djarin is gonna got he has to go rescue wait, his son wait, and wait. he's gonna come. I'm sorry, continue, continue. And he's going to come. I mean, he, it, this is on him. He's got to come and save it. And that's what I'm, what I'm saying that, as I don't think that's Ahsoka's role in this. I agree. I think, I think Ahsoka's role is, is, is Thrawn and Ezra and this bigger thing that I'm, I'm thinking she's trying to get all this activity, all this um, chum in the waters of the galaxy to, to get that big fish to come out finally. Uh, I agree. I agree. I think that's very well said. I think the whole team is just about clearing the way to getting get to getting Gideon versus Mando Beskar spear. But you know what probably kills Beskar robots? The fucking Beskar spear. Think about yeah, it. Yeah, probably. True. That's, that's true. what I was I thinking. That's that. why Dude, I was sorry to interrupt know. you. That's why I jumped in. Like, what else would do damage against Beskar than fucking uh, bad Dark Saber, maybe. The Dark Saber, maybe. Is the I don't dark know saber though, powerful than a lightsaber? I've always gotten the an idea that the dark saber is like a prototype. Already. Wait, sorry, what's that? Watch the, I gotta watch the Sabine Wren, Tar Vizsla, uh, Gar Saxon fight. I, I just, I, I feel fight. like the dark saber. I always felt like it was like a prototype of the lightsaber. Not like, I mean, just, I, I guess, I, I guess, I could be wrong. I just never considered it be more powerful. No, it's a strong, ancient, powerful lightsaber legendary it's it is uh yeah that's like that's like when you think about when um you think about like what cuz diamond is diamond diamond's the only thing you cut diamond with so that's that's what would kind of one one thing that i love to hear is we have another episode in which mando finds someone who is actually more badass than him and fighting in boba fett we've seen with bo katan we've seen it with ahsoka now we see it with uh now now we see it with boba it, what what i what i like though is that i do think in the end that it will be mando kind of proving himself and ascending to that sort of level uh but like what a squad if all those people join up are you kidding me dude yeah, he has got a formidable be, gang with him they're gonna be formidable for sure i, I get Who, a sense too man I, at some point mando's gonna paint that uh paint that armor got to uh and i I'd love to see it this this season. I think he would have I think what would lead to that would be he would have a change of heart in what he believes to be quote unquote the way. Like I think he would have a fundamental change in philosophy and then align himself with like Bo Katan's tribe and like kind of match their dynamic and their color scheme. I I I don't know. I don't know. See, I could okay. see him red, dude. I could see him red and orange though too. 
Red's a tricky color in Star Wars, though, is it not? That can no, do, really do you really think he couldn't have? You think he's not capable of having that change of heart? I don't, it's not about the change of heart. I don't think yeah, that he's Mando's have the change of heart. I don't. I don't know that Mando's goals lie with any cause anymore. Now that I know that Mando really isn't a part of true Mandalore in the way that we thought in season one, I don't see him being the one that unites the clans. I think all but he was he still cares so stickler about. with with Boba about the armor. Like he was still so like you can't have this. You're not Mandalorian. Like it's not the way. Like he's still Absolutely. so like. Oh no, and he is. He is. But what I'm saying is, I think he has a change of heart. But I think it's just all about Grogu. Mando doesn't care about anything else. There's something we haven't really explored yet this episode, and that we probably should have up to this point, which is the emotion that Mando is showing to Grogu grows deeper and deeper by the episode. The opening uh, yeah, scene no tugs question. at your heartstrings, especially upon the rewatch, where Mando, like a frustrated parent, like you're seeing him feel insecure and get frustrated out of like love, which is a very rare thing, right? Where when he's getting him to grab the ball and he's like, motherfucker, dang Farrick. And, and Grogu's like, what are you mad at me? He's like, no, 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 it's not like you. It's like you like Mando feels insufficient to what his child needs. And then you hear Mando sitting there kind of talking himself into like, no, I gotta, I gotta get you to the Jedi. That's what you need. They can train you. And that will, that's what we're going to do. Like, I don't think, I think that this father-son dynamic, which is at the core of all Star Wars, and that Filoni directly knows the absence of the father in a lot of this creates bad things. I feel like Mando is going to become that committed father and not really fight on behalf of Mandalore, the New Republic, or anything else. I think his only goal in life is going to be to keep baby to keep Grogu safe as long as he can. Yeah, I'm with that. And that's why he's going to go Liam Neeson taken on Gideon. Gideon's about yes, to get a pissed dude. off dad up his ass. His fucking ass. Dude, he, dude. he is going to show a side of him. Like, we think we've seen Din Djarin go ham on someone. We we haven't. Uh, yeah, until we, we need get some primal scene. rage. Primal. We need some freaking primal rage. Because uh, he's like channeled the chill badassery that, that consists of who Din Djarin is. Now it's going to be raw, unadulterated, unfiltered like rage well it's it's back. it's really um save for recent moments all of din Djarin's life has been the violence has been business it's just been a means to an end it's been what he's supposed to do it's been what he's trained to do he's never actually Detached, cared sure. yes he's never actually cared yeah. about what he's doing he's fucking in this now and we're seeing him put himself out there even when he was like body tanking for the assassin, which I kind of love stormtroopers can only shoot accurately when Mando's getting hit in the best car. He gets lit up in the best yeah. car, but like that's yeah. the only yeah, time. Yeah. Let me tell you, somebody's got to train him. That is something <laughs> that he has got to, he's it, the best car cannot be a crutch. It can save you in the time of need, but you still got to be skilled enough not to get touched. No, bro, not, blaster, not Mando. Dude. We've seen him Mando's multiple. Mando's like the freaking lead back. He's like the freaking fullback. He's getting drilled. He don't give a fuck, dude. He's a, he's a tank, dude. He's just going in there. Just, I mean, that. you're right, though. Boba Fett didn't get hit with shit. 
and Boba Fett had them retreating Uh-oh, right after you, he fired the knee they, rockets. Because Boba Fett has really fought Jedi. He has really seen yeah, that the, the best car is is levels the playing field against really powerful people. Like it's not the you know, it just levels the field. You still gotta be able to squab, which which Boba Fett obviously can. There's a little touch that I that I love when he's go, when when Grogu goes in the seeing stone. Yeah, he's trying to figure out how you turn this thing on. I think the slave one coming in the screen, I think that kind of triggered a sense of urgency in him. Yeah. But I love the little blue kind of force butterflies oh. that were flapping around. Because I mean, that's the, what the force is. The, it's yeah, life. It's energy. Stone. It's that beauty. It's that natural yeah. kind of world. And for that butterfly to kind of trigger it, I'm with you, Jesse. That was beautiful. Guys, I did have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Jesse. No, that's all right. I was taking off you, but go ahead, Nick. We we did have a, a viewer question uh, come up um, okay, talking about who the Jedi could be. I know. I know we were discussing, um, you know, options like we said, uh, Luke and and a few others. Ezra, uh, Dan at HBC underscore Handsome Dan tweets us throwing another name into the Who's the Jedi going to be hat. Kyle Katarn seems unlikely, but the timeline would roughly match up. What do you guys oh, think I love Katarn. That? So help me out. I know a bit about Katarn. I've flown his ship. The, um, what is, what kind of ship is it? It's a Hawk or something. It's a shitty ship, but I've, I've, I've flown it in miniatures game. What, who is Kyle Katarn? He's a video game character that existed around the same time as luke and he really is a cool character and wait he's is he from the that, n64 uh, game no that's da- that's dash rendar never mind i played this a long time ago but he's got that i'm no jedi kind of guy but i'm just a, you know similar to kind of ahsoka's mantra or kind of like kanan when we first meet him even though i guess kanan ends up going full jedi um Again, so Katarn falls into though the Cal Kestis category. Interesting name. Technically, yes, in the mix. But is that really what this show is building up to? This show has been all about some big reveals, right? And so I just yeah. can't imagine that it's not a huge name, either Ezra or Luke. So we had a second viewer question as well from Tyler Patrick Hales. He asked us, do you think Hondo Okana makes an appearance in the Mandalorian at all? He said he'd love to see him again. <laughs> he shows up with Ezra. Who do you think's driving him? No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what is Hondo up to now, Jesse? Uh, I don't know, but he loves some Ezra Bridger. Uh, Hondo's out there. I, I wonder. He was I pretty would, old in Rebels already, right? I mean, he he would right. be he Which, would be an older Honda. Yeah, but these sure. alien races, we don't know how they age. That's true. That's a great. You know, point. they could age yeah. a lot different. Uh, you know, I could see a Cad Bane. I don't know if he's still alive though, but uh, I would love for them to bring Hondo in. He he fits the Western motif that they've got Perfectly. with the Mandalorian <laughs> so well. He, but you know what he does feel like? He feels like an excellent season three character, right? Where you got some sort of job or something you got to do. Maybe Ezra's been brought back into the fold in some way at this point. I think that Hondo's fate well, does lie here, but in the future. And they're and they're if if they're going to continue to tighten the strings between live action and animated series, then then Hondo is a great character. Yeah, Tython was a great place for this Jedi Temple to bring in some of the uh, 
you know, some of those gamer folks that really wanted to see Tython, that they really are mastering this kind of these little the surgical decisions. Um, it's so easy for them to do. And you know what's interesting? They have a commitment to Hondo because in Galaxy's Edge in Disney, he is he plays a huge role. He he is the one on Smuggler's Run that kind of gives you the rundown of the job you're about to go on, but also one of the most advanced animatronics they've ever made outside of the Navi and the Avatar ride is Hondo. So like they are fully committed to Hondo as a character in this universe. So I do feel like they would be incentivized to bring him to live action potentially. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, you definitely gotta see him then if they're if they're that invested. Yeah, it's pretty cool, dude. I flew the Falcon. That's a good question. Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for for these viewer questions. Uh, we would love uh, to read them on air and answer them for you guys. At for Mandalore Pod, no spaces is where you can reach us. And uh, thank you guys so much for the interaction, guys. Uh, how do y'all feel about stormtroopers? I love the comedic relief that stormtroopers are. My brain fully accepts how ineffective they are. Nothing matters. It doesn't bug me at all. I love it. They're, they're fuck it, dude. They're always like down to fight, even though they're, they're just stupid. They, they are your classical cannon fodder, goblins, orcs, whatever. And I'm fine with that because we got the dark troopers. We got, yeah, they- <laughs> we got these effective people. Their movements are like, so exaggerated and funny. The one guy tries to shoot the boulder instead of just jumping out of the way. He yeah, gets run over. Funny. I mean, I love how stupid, but kind of all in the stormtroopers are. Well, and no, I, I go yeah, ahead. Go ahead well, it's more that, and what's so what's more Western than the slow motion starting up the Gatling gun, yes. you know, <laughs> shooting down as they run. I mean, that the, the repeater gun, Gatling gun, whatever you want to call it. And then the guy just gets smashed by the rock. But it's just, they're also that kind of Western villain that makes your gunslinger, you know, so, so deadly. Exactly. You can just waylay him. Exactly. Like that I was needed, the- I needed fodder for Boba Fett to just feast, to let the shark yes, that, that's what, just yes. rip everybody apart. That was, that's what, like you love about stormtroopers, like right, they're meat to the grinder, right? Yeah. And then you see it on like an entirely new level this time. Like you've never seen shells of their armor cracking. You've never seen him like, yeah, like, like body parts their face neck. in the wrong direction, dude. I mean, oh, oh my god, that oh that one bro, shot, that one shot. Oh. Boba took one dude, choked him, and then was so strong that he flipped him. Oh, like from his neck to where he landed on his back. Gave him the kill shot too. I'm, two-handed. Yes. I mean, Boba Fett has borderline super strength. If we're just thinking about the physics as we understand it. Like, and, and when he's dragging that uh gaffy stick and you hear how heavy it sounds, and then he just one-handed blah, ah, looking like fucking crazy in the eyes. Oh my god, I love Boba so Fett. Glorious. So glorious. You know, the, um, and if you think about the video games and stormtroopers are the best way to test your force powers too and you come leaping in yes, and just it feels so good in fallen you know, order dude it feels yeah, so good yeah, it's kind of got yeah. that assassin's creed of some of the little security guys you know it is yeah it's a hero fantasy dude brought to life it just feels amazing um uh, okay i got a couple boba fett lines i don't want to talk about but before that we have to get to one of the okay. core issues of the episode. Why didn't Mando grab the jetpack? 
Dude, I was thinking that too. Oh my god. Maybe it's like maybe it's just too heavy. Like he didn't have time. Like I, but I, I remember me and my girlfriend were watching that together, and she asked the same thing. And me and Caitlin said the same thing. Jesse, what do you think? Why didn't Mando grab the jetpack? Other, other than it being kind of this plot device to put them in that you know moment of despair of not being able to save Grogu. Well, I let's let's give them hurt. a little more credit because I agree with you. It could be a cheap plot device, but no, that but would feel it, out it, of it, line with the show. He turned quickly. He turned quickly. He he saw it, saw him, and he just turned and run. You know, it's kind of like this lapse in judgment. Like if you went, if you saw somebody coming to kidnap your kid in a yeah. van, would you run to go get your car? Yes, or would exactly. you chase after the van? Exactly. You know? Yeah. So I think you hit the nail yeah. on the head with lapse of judgment because I I, I feel that. I feel like they are really gonna well, I don't know if they're gonna do this, but but it's a potential avenue where you have um Dinjarin even more motivated because he's feeling an intense guilt because he realizes that in retrospect he let his emotions kind of cloud his judgment where and he failed Grogu where he you're right. I got the feeling that his first thought was just like, oh, shit, I got to go get Grogu. And so he just took off and started running and he didn't make the best decision. And I wonder if that becomes a point where I wonder if it becomes a point where he kind of he's feeling guilty about it or he laments it or maybe he expresses some emotion, which we don't always get out of him where he's like, I should have been able to say him because think about this. What did y'all think about Din Djarin's emotions at the end of the episode. I thought they did. It, it's wild to me how they can get these emotions across through a mask. But I mean, to me, he looked like someone who was truly shell shocked, motivated, angry, but but kind of in shock, like surprisingly calm considering the Razor Crest and Grogu. They do a very good job at portraying his emotion through his body language, which is what you kind of have to do if you put a character with a mask in there. But um, you do, like you said, really get the feeling at the end of the episode that it's like, all right, it's time, like, like it's time to go, like it's getting real, like we're serious right now. Well, what do you think, Jesse? I think when the Razor Crest got blown up and Grogu gets kidnapped and he's sitting there and he's kind of searching through the ashes, they give you that sense. You know, he finds the Force Ball. He's just kind of piecing together what happens, and ultimately he's kind of given his sea legs back to him, his confidence back to him when Boba Fett uh, kind of swears his allegiance. And then, you know, you see him shift to... Yes, that's a great right, point. Now, now I've got a mission. Now I've got to go get this kid. I'm not... I've got to, you know, get a mission. And that's when he kind of fall, he fell back into his training. You know, some of this Mandalorian training, and, and I'm assuming with the Death Watch, with the Foundlings, it's really rough more so than it is kind of with these noble clans, not necessarily that they have noble clans, but they've got these kind of hierarchy families. He, he kind of fell back into his training. You know, they're very much, you know, um, you know, I mean, military training type deals where they kind of... Yes, okay, no, no, sorry. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Like you were taught like in a, in just a completely emotionally horrifying situation about that, you were taught to just be like very practical, Right. Like block out larger yeah, thoughts, yeah. like focus on the now. Like he's sifting through the wreckage. He's taking the lay of the land. And and I you Jesse, you hit the nail on the head. He gives off the feeling of being completely defeated at that moment. 
where he's just like, they're gone. I mean, I don't know. And then Boba's like, well, you know, I'm fucking about it. We we owe you. We're together on we this. We made a deal. Yes, exactly. And 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 then all of a sudden, and that was that spark. It literally like brought him back to life in that moment. And now we get to see the inside of the slave, and we get to watch the slave fucking hunt down some goddamn jet or uh, empire bastards and blow them up. Well, and the slave gun, dude. It's so badass. Yeah. And I love its little cloaking and all its little, you know, it's it's got. Do you some think pretty, we see a slave seismic charge? Little, it's a tricksy little hobbit team um, that slave there. The uh, I mean, think about how it flies. The, it's so unorthodox. It flies like this, fly, and then it, lands it, it like this. It flies the way it looks. It's like a damn iron. I mean, it looks like an iron. <laughs> does, you know, if you've ever ironed some clothes, like that's what I think the slave looks like, and that's exactly. <laughs> oh, no, it's like the. It's like when they did. Was it in episode eight where they had like the thing coming down, and it was just the iron for the imperial yes, outfits? Yes, yes, yes. That is exactly. Uh, that was really good. Uh, yes, that was Last Jedi. <laughs> an excellent movie, Nick. Great job. Um, okay, a couple other things. I think that I that's love. where you're going to get your moment of of guilt you, when when uh, Din Djarin's maybe lamenting, you know, kind of you know where he made his yep. mistakes. Maybe he's yes. confessing to kind of Cara Dune about. That's what I'm thinking. You know, God dang it! How come I didn't have my jetpack? And she, she's going to say, "It's a good thing you didn't have your jetpack because those four dark troopers would have murked you behind too." You know, I mean. Yeah, he, he, everything happens for the we, uh, reason. It's the will of the force. Ahsoka's got y'all in her chum slick. You're just her bait for the big fish. <laughs> the chum slick. Well, that's dude. what I'm thinking. Like, that, that's what happens when you when you when you pick up the jetpack and you actually have it. Like, what are you gonna do? They're gonna beat your ass anyway. Like, the dark troopers are gonna come down. Like, even if you get Grogu and get him off the rock, they're gonna keep chasing you. Like, I, you, you I, don't have a ship anymore. I, like, it's exactly right so it makes sense from like a writing perspective but i do feel this show is so tightly written so densely packed that to think that that won't like be explained or come into play would seem at odds with me if it's not i don't really well care. no i, I yeah i'd agree I, but and like and to be honest though if they never say anything i don't really care that much it is what it is whatever but it is something interesting to point out going forward um a couple of things that I, I love. I love Gideon's ship. Yes. You know what it looks like? Uh, well, it kind of looks like a butt plug, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like an arrowhead, I guess, as well. But like, Come on. Oh, Lord. What did you think it you looked like? You were lying when you said we were getting weird tonight. <laughs> what did you think it looked like? Jetpacked on? You know, like a Cadillac, man. Okay, you know what I actually thought it looked like, too? Well, I did think of butt plug, but... Um, crack Cadillac. No, you know one of those, like, <laughs> no. blades? You know one of those <laughs> blades that you, like, hold in your, uh, in your fist where it's, like... Yeah, yeah. A kunai? Yes, yes. Is that what that is? You know what I'm talking about? That was the <laughs> that was also the kind of silhouette that I got from it. Um not unlike a crack cat. Dude, the Empire's back. The New Republic getting caught just they're gonna make an entrance before the end. Not the We're Empire though. Not the X-wings. Empire. We think of them as the Empire. 
but it's the first order, right? I mean, do you think we get a mention I mean, that, that, of the first order? Be. It's Thrawn's team. Gideon is a subordinate of Thrawn. This is Thrawn. Agreed. Bro. Agreed. Agreed. But I think Thrawn is first order. And, and that's and this is where we go back oh, to something that I've right. kind of been upset about quick. earlier is like, I do feel like all roads lead back to Palpatine, but that is what it is, whatever. Well, no, Thrawn is a Thrawn is a galactic threat. Yeah. Palpatine even wanted him to be killed in the uh like he felt of him as a threat. That makes sense. Well, no, we go off on a Thrawn diatribe, but I don't think we have the time. Um, other things yeah. that I love from this episode. How badass. There were two boba lines that stood out to me. Uh, one, okay. I'm a simple man making my way through the galaxy like my father before me. I mean, that dude yeah, is a laconic it. warrior, dude. Single-minded in purpose. He's just been trying to get his fucking major armor Luke back. Skywalker vibe there. Yes, absolutely, dude. And then I also loved. Uh, sometimes fate steps in to rescue the wretched. Whew. Ooh, that was a good one. Ooh, and guess that's what? Fire. That's fire. <laughs> that's and, that, fire. and that is some foreshadowing too. There's some weight behind those words. There's some meaning. Yes. Those words have meaning, bro. I think it also shows that what you said, Jesse, I think Boba Fett may be realizing like, maybe I fucked up bounty hunting for the empire. Like I was wretched. I was bad. How much, who knows the mental extent of Boba's crimes? Well, like, no, but like extent of Boba's crimes, but who knows the self-reflection that he did in the Sarlacc pit? As we said, he comes yeah. out committed to honor and these other concepts. Like, like he feels like in that line lets us know he feels like he is wretched, right? And, and yeah. maybe in Grogu he sees a noble cause. Well, I, I think that's yeah. That that it goes beyond kind of his own personal feelings on the matter. I feel like it's kind of his chance in his mind to be like, I have a chance to do something right. And there's a lot of Mandalorian lore float, floating around, man. These, you know, Jango Fett, Foundlings, Bo-Katan, the, the environment for him to kind of reclaim his honor or do the right thing or come to peace with, you know, where his place in the world is, is being created. Who, uh, who wins in a fight between Bo-Katan and Boba Fett one-on-one? Oh man, Jesse, you're the jetpack don. I think you would have the best hypothesis here. I, I if 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 Boba's gonna have to disengage her jetpack in some way because she's one of these ones. I mean, she'll she'll go airborne in a in a freaking uh, telephone booth, bro. Yeah, and so if she's got the the jetpack and she's able to kind of move around in the air and shoot and attack you know it's all about quickness with boba though you know if he lands a heavy punch or if a big she's in big trouble no doubt i mean it, it is kind of fascinating right the the two other if she has mandos that we see wins. well well let's take the dark saber out of it i'm saying mando on mando right, but but, but like but if it, it is really that's really interesting i never thought about that uh, the two kind of mandos that we see Din Djarin meet are both more powerful than him and incredibly powerful, but have completely opposite styles. 
I mean, Bo-Katan is the ultimate quickness, uh, smooth combination, almost elven in her movements, like just surgical cutting you up. And then Boba is that dwarven, like, it's like powerful, just like breaking your kind of bones. And she's Uh, got that sweet knife that's attached to her. You know, that thing's a cool weapon. And that's Uh, likely Beskar. Uh, it has to be right. I, that would make sense. That would make a lot of sense if it's on her armor. What I like is that I like this idea that Mandalorian armor smiths are kind of artistic, and that these things are not mass produced, right? So you have like a master right. artisan yeah, no, who came up with the idea for these knee rockets or Mando's sparrows or whatever he calls them. You know the songbirds that we see on his arms that he used multiple times, or Bogatons like Beskar blade. Like I like the idea that it's not like a blueprint that's mass produced. It's almost like these singular art pieces that these masters create that you just have to be lucky enough to get your hands on. Yeah. Well, and they're and they're they're family heirlooms. They're they're legacies. They're Valyrian steel blades. I mean, they're they mean as much to the uh, to the Mandalorians as let's say like a long claw meant to the Starks, or you know, or a um, not a long claw. Doggone it! No, but I get where you. I mean, the 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 legendary. They're family heirlooms. Heartsbane to the Tullys. You know these these swords that are almost more important than the bloodline. Yeah. And I think it's you get an idea of that too when you when you see the he can pull up his like family lineage. On, oh yeah, yes. that little thing on the that arm. Cool. Yeah. So wait, you know Jesse, did you ever figure think, out bro, did that maybe, say other stuff? You said the internet maybe figured out. What's that? Like his when when he shows Mando his the text. Well, there's two things that I, I, I there's something in that text. I don't have it, but it is on the internet. And then another something one of these like super nerds went and did. Was when she's flipping through the uh, the the database of the criminals that are in that prison. You know, some of the pictures of other criminals come up. People went and like looked up who all those folks were, and I think that's on Wikipedia or what. Uh, but so there's some Easter oh, eggs. Oh, that's in that cool. Regard so that they like there. threw some like actual Star Wars criminals in there. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some history behind them, uh, and I don't know if it's anything major. Um, but it's still, it's good to these little details. There's probably some kind of hidden Easter egg or, or, or lead to maybe a prediction. So I meant to rewatch last year's jailbreak episode. Why would Bill Burr know how to track down Moff Gideon? Does anybody have any leads? I think he was like former Imperial guy or something. I, I can't remember exactly why, but. Did Jarn says so in because like uh, that's a really interesting plot. plot point that we have not considered right or we haven't discussed yet at least is that like I never expected Bill Burr's character be coming back much less like now we we haven't even talked about that they have to go before we're talking about Luke whatever they have to go jailbreak Bill Burr to join the squad yeah I know I wonder how long that's going to take and I'm wondering if it's going to be some. You know, that's where I think it can't just be a jailbreak scene. There's got to be some heavier pieces moving, right? Yeah. Or or you do it in like the first 10 minutes, right? And then you go from there. So it's, it, it'll be that's interesting to see. It. Like, like yes, I, I agree with you. I don't think it will be the heart and soul of the next episode. Yeah, you don't have enough time. But they know what they're doing. I mean, they've mastered yes. the timing of these episodes. And there's no 
there's no bridge episode here. We're going right into it. These next two, uh, you know, this was no bridge episode either. I mean, this was a heavy plot moving machine here. I mean, it was really a 30 minute uh, world. I mean, it was the return of Boba Fett and the kidnapping of Grogu that we've been talking about all season long in fucking 30 minutes. Yeah, we predicted that. In 30 minutes. And 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 Grogu yeah, seeing it. with his third eye and going like full force training, you see the multiple years of force training that he had in that moment. Ooh, man. Yeah. Well, good. and he was just force choking and slamming those damn uh stormtroopers that he killed. Well, then let's end here. <laughs> um, I know we touched on him earlier, but uh Moff Gideon. Um, he's a great bad guy. I love I don't know what Esposito, I don't know how he does it, but his ability to appear menacing while also like showing emotion, a little bit of character. Like, he's like, ah, 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 you're not ready for this toy yet. It's just, yeah, it's, it's expert. It's expert. Oh, it's, and it's, he's got a Joker appeal to him. Yes. Too. Yes. DC comic he, he, character. he feels I mean, he's off. Such a, he's a little off and he's smiling at the wrong time. And, you know, he, he's got that Joker kind of sinister grin. Uh, yes. And then this, this girl, this girl officer, this, she's going to be love another her. character. Wait, wait, she's, Jesse, I love her. Yeah, That's such a good call, dude. She is like such like a, like a Nazi, like empire, like, you know, first order overall. Like she's done, that actress has done an excellent job of in small scenes, actually like really selling me and kind of stealing the scenes in that she is, yeah. uh, she she's very like she feels impactful. That's so funny that you point her out. She's got I was thinking amb- that same thing. She's got some ambition. Yes, there's some ambition there. Bro. That's what it is. It's her ambition. You can feel it seething through her. She wants to move up in the ranks, which is ultimately what defines the first order and the empire. Right? It's like it, yeah. it's it, yeah. it's how they get people to what they do. Soul it's all these power hungry people. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's as, definitely like that. As Star Wars tells us there's always a bigger fish. Thought there were a lot of those themes in this episode as well, and that will only continue throughout the rest. Um, have we left anything else out? I mean, we talked about it a bit. R.I.P. Razor Crest. That's horrible. Feel for Mando. I think that's it, dude. I mean, anybody else? I really was shocked at the emotional response I had to the complete and total obliteration of the Razor Crest. I mean, I, I hate mean, it. He's got I hate nothing. it. I hate it. It. it, it I mean, I, I don't. None. I don't. I don't hate it. I. I guess I like it from a story writing standpoint because of how much I hate it. It really bums me out. It gives you another, you know, a kick in the butt to tell you this is. A, I really want to see the dude who did this get taken out. <laughs> oh, absolutely, dude. And it makes you want. Then you get to play. It's kind of like who's going to be next LSU's coach. It's who's going to be. Uh, what's going to be Din Djarin's next ship? Hey, it's like you said, Jesse. What's the ghost doing nowadays, dude? Oh gosh, the ghost shows up. <laughs> what? Where's Harrison? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Where's Harrison Dulla in all of this? She's got a little young son. Uh, she's got to be with the New Republic. Hey, absolutely. She's got Kane and Jared's That's son. what I'm saying. How have we not considered this dude? I mean, Filoni can weave her in whenever he wants. Like, as, yeah, as Cara sure. Dune brings in the New Republic, like Harrison Dulla is there. Or maybe she's in the but background now raising a with- kid. 
I've got to be a, uh, you know, I've got to stop worrying about kind of being the casting hawk. You know, I like to hawk all the casting rumor stuff. Yeah. Because, but I also feel like they're not good in, they, unless it's CG, or how are they going to hide a casting of that level, of that magnitude, you know? No, I don't know. I don't know. But that's the same thing with Luke, right? But sometimes you but have to go. Season three or four, maybe. Sometimes you have to go to Extreme Links to shock people. Uh, yeah, Hera might feel a little too much of this season. Also, I think you'd get an old Hera. I don't think she'd be fighting with her son. If we want to go full Baby Yoda, Yogi pose, Grogu Yoga pose, calling the beacon, mm -hmm. I think that um, her son and Grogu will enter Luke's new Jedi temple alongside of Kylo Ren eventually uh or maybe grogu will be a bit older at that point but i mean kanan's son could potentially be a force user almost assuredly yeah well it's a lot to think about boys um yeah that, this this episode has left us with so much to dwell on and i am anxiously awaiting thursday night so we can finally get to the next step well, that's the thing, too, about this show. It's got me so stoked. I can't wait for Friday mornings to come. And You fucking bastard. You know, Every time it. I'm at work, you just text me about how incredible it is, and then I have to be terrified of spoilers, <laughs> and I got this excitement, and, and, and I used to wait till the kids went to sleep, and now I've just been making my kids watch it. Like, I watched this last episode <laughs> just holding my baby standing up so she wouldn't cry so I could watch it the whole time. Aww. <laughs> Good thing it was short then. I was just yeah. yelling, I was just yelling at Kate and like that's fucking Boba Fett. That's Boba Fett. Do you, do you get that? Do you see what's going on right now? Maria. And there's like, oh my god, he's about my, my to get his armor back. Oh my god. Yeah, my my girlfriend was like, I was like freaking out, and my girl was like, what, what, what? It's like, you see what's going on I mean, right when now? When I saw the slave, I just started to pace. I was like. <gasps> It was, it was <laughs> two episodes. Uh, last two episodes have been like that. All right. Well, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. man, you got a good interview tomorrow at seven thirty tomorrow. T Bob, you need to get ready. For it. Oh, oh boy. Wow. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, Nick, take <laughs> us out. I think I speak for us all when I say I cannot wait for these final two episodes. Yeah, man, I agree. And guys, we want to thank you so much again for supporting the Four Mandalore podcast, guys. We really appreciate you guys tuning in every single time. We hit this up, and we cannot wait to be back at it next week, guys. Again, hit us up with any questions, comments, concerns you got at Four Mandalore Pod, no spaces on Twitter. And guys, we cannot wait to be back at it again for next week's episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs>